this is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life. Welcome to The Game of Life Season 2. We're back in the studio, and I am just, I'm ready. You meet people, and immediately you, you vibe. Uh, and I want to do a special shout-out to Galia for making it happen for these two brothers to be in the studio, to talk, to meet to one another, and to really share with all of our listening audience about just realness. Our show today, things are heating up, and you can't heat things up without having a chef. And Chef Brian Hill, welcome to the Game yes, of Life, sir. brother. Thank you, my brother. It's a privilege to be here. It is. It is absolutely. I'm like, I am through the roof, okay? And we're just getting started. Yeah. We're Let's go, baby. Started. So look, we're going to have a straight-up unscripted conversation today yeah, about one word, potential. Because mm. let me give you some context. Okay. It is not lost on me that seven out of ten kids that we serve here at Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami look just like you and me. Yes. It's not lost on me that I was in a meeting and one of my staff told a young lady, a little black girl, that that's our president CEO, and she said, no, it's not. And then I'm sitting in a meeting uh, with alumni big brother Mark Kent, who looks like you and me as well. We, uh, alumni big brother, uh, mentored a young brother in, out in uh, Southern California. I'm sitting in a meeting with him, and here's this beautiful black girl comes to the door with one of my staff. And how old is she again? She was in middle school. Okay. And she looked, and she put her hands over her mouth like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And he said, go on in. I said, come on in. What is it? We had the glass uh, wall so I could see her at the door. I said, what is it? She said, I didn't believe him. And that let me know that in 2019, when our kids can't believe regardless of somebody's politics after having a black president just I'm just to not believe that a black man or woman or a person of color cannot lead cannot own cannot this story um, sounds so familiar Go ahead. and all I'm saying Brian is to kick and sorry to kick a show off with just the no, no, real no, but on, I know you on. can handle it come on and the game of life everybody makes a team but how you play is up to you I'm the product of a single family. My mother raised me when uh, my parents, my daddy left us when we were, I was two years old. And the bottom line is I'm her baby boy and it, I am humble to work for the kids. I start the show with that because when I say things are heating up, if you don't have the real and raw conversations, it's not meant to offend anybody, but just stating the real. This little girl, I gave her a hug. I took a picture with her and you know what I told her? Before I toss it to you, Brian, I said, I work for you. Mm. I said, I work for you, young lady. And she left there with the biggest smile on her face. So from her hands being over her mouth, saying, I can't believe it, to leaving with the hope, the potential that she already has, that's what we need to do for our kids. And so it's a pleasure having an accomplished brother, a chef. Let me say that again. Chef Brian Hill yes. is not just something it's not you just a clever of, name. Not just a clever name, but you are truly, and you've done some cool things with some great people. We're going to talk about that. But, uh, Brian, I've given you a little taste of my story and what I do yeah. here and what we do as a brand, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But uh, if somebody did not know Brian Hill, talk to us, Chef. First, I got to say to you, um, Gail, you are super dope, man. Like, Thank you, brother. Just your energy. I have been waiting to, and this is unfortunate. I'm going to be very candid, okay? All right. And everyone that's listening is not going to like everything I'm saying, but they're going to have to let it marinate and think about it. And their own form, not in my form, but in their own form and in their own mind. I've been waiting to meet more black men like you. And unfortunately, I have not. I'm gonna be very candid. That's all okay? right. 
and it is burning in me because of where I've come from. And you, you just tell me that your story of you know your dad, your pops leaving when you were two. Yes, mine left when I was nine. Wow. So there was a tragedy in my home, but yet no one died. Mm. So my father died in my eyes when he left. So, but getting back, I need you to understand how happy I am to be here. Like, I am through the moon. I am space shuttle level right now because of this. And again, thank thank you, Galia, for hitting me. This is a woman that is so woke. Yeah. She was like, she heard what I said. Now, mind you, I want you to understand something. I have not met this woman eyeball to eyeball Incredible. like you and I are right now. Right. And she got me. We only spoke on the phone four times. And she got me in ritualistic form. So going back to me being here, it is my dream because I've been trying to get to this kind of platform where I can give back for 20 solid years. My goodness. Folks that talked a good game. <clears throat> oh, I've got a non-for-profit. I've got this where I give back to the underserved. And I'm like, please dial me in. I need to talk to these brown sisters and brothers. They're like, yeah, I'll call you. But they know I'm gonna give them the real truth and what these people want. And it's not all, it's not all of anyone. Understood. But a lot of these so-called give back to the underserved, it's just about money. Right. And they never call me. And the ones that do, they don't want me to be seen by the underserved kids. Because it's it's almost it, it's almost like they're like, well, we want to do this, but we don't really want to do it. What is what is the phrase that you started that that we're all about here? Everyone gets to play on a team. Yes, sir. But it's the way you play it, right? That's right. Say, say it for me no, to make sure I get it right. No, you got to get it right, brother, because you know on the game of life, I got to just put on my radio voice and everything with this one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the game of life, where everybody makes the team, team. but how you play is up to you. Ooh. That's how it rolls, brother. That's what this is all about. Oh, my gosh. I, I guess just so you know, I cannot express, but maybe you're getting it a little bit, and maybe everyone oh, else it. will. Yeah, this, this studio is lit this, up. All I want to do is to make certain that every single girl and boy gets my story and uses it. Use me. Like, sometimes people are like, oh, that's a bad word. Don't, don't, don't use anyone. No, because I know you're all also going to give. That's right. You understand? I'm not a selfish ball player. Yes, there's time for individual achievement right. when you step up to the plate. Right. That's time for individual achievement, That's okay? Right. But when you're out in the field, teamwork. Got to have it. It's teamwork. Then you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, you know, catch and throw and you know what I mean? That's what this is all about. And I want to make certain mm -hmm. that they see that I'm a team player. But now watch this now Go ahead, in terms it to of me. teamwork. I've worked with Galia in the space of nonprofits, and she said, you and Brian just need to meet. You got to meet. And the fact that she had not met you. That's crazy. So and it, it speaks to the power of relationships. Yeah, it is. I saw an interview that you did with Huffington Post. Yeah. And you broke it down. I said, I can't. I've, I'm honored. When I saw the interview, and I want to get to it. Okay. And I want people to hear and understand. Because right now they're saying these two brothers having this love fest. <laughs> uh, what's his podcast it's really real, about? Dog. So let me let me go ahead, let me go ahead and drive a little bit now, Brian. Chef, when I saw the interview, I'm thinking, I saw it this morning, okay. about 6 30 a.m. Wow. Thank and you I for said, that too. Thank you for watching. Oh no, my pleasure. 
And I said, I got this brother in my studio at 1030 today. And so with uh, enough with the thank yous, drop some knowledge on some folks. Tell us your story, Chef. Um, born and raised Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I'm a native Washingtonian, three miles north of Howard University I grew up, Petworth. Um, father left us when I was nine. I'm second to the youngest of five. It was like an African village. Um, hmm. My mother literally could not deal with the tragedy that happened. And I, like I said, I call it a tragedy because my dad died in my eyes because the way he left and just left us, you know, we're already in this underserved community. And to, I hope you're sitting down, okay? Because my father was a great police officer, but a bad dad. Mm. And you know the creed of a police officer is to protect and to serve. And serve. He didn't protect or serve us. Now, I didn't really get that until I was about 15-ish when I started making certain that I had a job in any way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, shoveling snow, raking leaves, and of course, what I knew I wanted to be at the age of 13 is a chef, and I wanted to do anything culinary. So I said, okay, let me go on that, let me go on that battle. Okay, let me, let me just get in that field and just spike and see what I can learn. Let me just keep learning about hospitality. Because I, I started to discover that's a word. I was like, the hospitality industry, yeah. So at 16, I would just say, I want to be in the hospitality industry. I want to be, I was like, but I want to be a chef, but in the hospitality industry. And I just kept saying that. And I just kept saying it into the universe and speaking it. But not just speaking it, going in. I literally worked in cafes, bodegas, um, hotels, um, gosh, I mean, large hotels, large hotel restaurants, um, single restaurants, franchise restaurants, everything I could. Mm. I am a Temple University dropout, but I'm educated. And the reason why I say that is because I never stopped learning. That's right. And everything, like I learned something from you already. I'm, I'm going to learn more before this is over. Every time, each and every time I made a dish, I wanted to take people on a journey, on a Love trip. It. Yes. So that's when I said to myself, let me go all in. And I moved to Los Angeles in 2002. As a matter of fact, January 15th, 2002. I moved to Los Angeles, and I discovered that culinary is big there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everybody wants to be and wants to have a chef because, of course, the industry is, you know, it's lots of cheddar. And right. people are busy. Yes. And they got these big homes and these big kitchens. And don't want to cook. And do not want to cook, but they got beautiful <laughs> kitchens. Yes. So the best thing that I could do for myself was go to these parties make myself known this way. Hey, if someone says, you know, I'm having a party uh, for the 4th of July, I'll say to the uh, homeowner, maybe they work in the uh, industry of, um, you know, uh, movies and TV, but Mm -hmm. they aren't celeb, but they're like exec producer or whatever. And I would say, hey, listen, let me make the food. You just buy the food. Don't tell anyone that you didn't pay me. And if I kill it, if I do well, then you tell everyone, I did 10 of those parties. 10 of those parties in the first four months of me being in LA for free. The word got out, next thing you know, 
I'm at a Sunday fun day event, and Eddie Murphy's assistant says, you did a party. I remember this fish you did. It was amazing. Now, I didn't know her client was Eddie Murphy. Right. She said, I want you to cook for my client. Next thing you know, I come to Beverly Park. I don't know if you, you guys know what Beverly Park is, but it's a gated community, okay? Okay. And the, 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 the least expensive home is $7 million, wow. okay? The most expensive is $35 million. Mm. So I don't know. I'm going to Eddie Murphy's house until I get there. Mm. And let me tell you right now, I came in. She already had the forms ready for me. I was like, so I'm hired. She's like, oh, yeah. No, no, we need you to be here. That was my first job that's as a celebrity right. chef. So that's no joke. Real talk. Wow. I went off there from to, to Mary J. Blige. I was with Eddie Murphy for a year. Uh, Mary J. Blige off and on for four, oh, five years, actually. Mariah Carey, and everyone treated me well. That's I have great. no bad stories. That's great. But I will tell you this, though, my brother. I will tell you this. I love the queen of hip-hop and soul. I love Mary J. Blige, and I'll tell you why. Real love. Real love. <laughs> Real love because she treated me like a king That's in awesome. her own kitchen. Paid me a lot of money to do this. Right. But she let me be me in the kitchen. That's awesome. She was amazing to me. The way you and I, like, even before we got to this, oh, no, but when we were downstairs, that's how you, Mary and I speak. Just survive. Just survive. She's like, she's like Chef Brian. Like, I met Sidney Poitier mm, twice mm. because of her. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll, no, brother, what you're saying me. is, but in, so let's go back. So we're doing a social justice series. And as I told uh, my team this morning, I said, when I get Chef Brian in the studio, I said, I've known him a, a hot minute, never met him before in my life. I said, but I don't want any script. I don't want any questions, nothing. This is the beauty of a podcast. Yeah. Because we're going to help some kids today. Okay. You had an opportunity. And then social justice series, one of the things we're doing here, and it's interesting, Big Brothers Big Sisters has a Bigs and Blue program where we match police officers with children. Copy that. And so it's it's gone nationwide. I mean, of course, not only here in Miami, but across the nation. That sounds and right. And so when I think about and the goal of that is to build trust and respect. But I want to take it back to your okay. your story. So having a father who's a police officer who is sworn to protect and to serve, mm -hmm. let's 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 take it back to your house if you don't mind. I don't yeah, think no, you no, do. Yeah, no, no, come on, come, you know, uh, I'm ready. That's got to be so weird for you now. I mean, think as a grown man mm -hmm. who who gets it and you had to process it. But as a little boy, let's take you back there. You were nine years old. Nine years old. And you understood what a police officer did. Did you see your daddy in uniform? Absolutely. That's something to be. When I think of a, a lot of black men who are not involved, who may not be working, who may be with police officers but not being the police officer, and that's a harsh reality. Mm -hmm. The overrepresentation of minorities and brothers that are in jail, but your father being a police officer, how would you process that? What a great question. Um, it was mixed emotions. My goodness. It is, it, I, I felt like, of course, I'm, I'm going to date myself here. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I got you. And I felt that it wasn't real. And I did not allow it to be real for okay. a very long time. And I was in such denial. And I would tell people at school, my, my kids that, you know, that I was in class with, you know, they, they were like, oh, so what's your father do? You know, I was like, he's a police officer. You know, he comes home late. I still was using, he comes home late. 
he does the midnight shift. I never said to anyone that he was gone because I was embarrassed by it, number one. I felt um, betrayed, number two. I felt betrayed. I felt like, what did I do? I felt like, like, like why did you leave me? Like, and I started thinking, okay, as a nine-year-old boy, what did I do? Oh, man, I remember when I didn't do that. Oh, I remember when I, I was beating myself up every day. You blame yourself. I blamed myself nine days a week because I was like, this is my fault. So I tried to defend him, but still beat myself up. Is that crazy? I literally would go to bed and think when I woke up, he'd be there. Now, mind you, I saw him leave. We were at the top of the stairs where my mother said, okay, tell, uh, say goodbye to your father. And I saw these lime green uh, suitcases at the bottom, right by the front door. And I'll never forget this for as long as I live. It's, you know, it's five of us, I'm second to the youngest. And literally I was like, Okay, I'm gonna wake up, and he's gonna have those same, that same luggage, those same. But but he's like, I'm back. That's what I kept every morning. It was like waiting for Santa Claus. Yes. When, when you look out the window to see him right. with, with the reindeers in the in the sky. He's coming. He's coming, and I thought he was coming back. And so the more time went, you know, I'm now ten. I'm now eleven. I then come to the harsh realization on my own, but I still lie to all my friends that my father still, my mom and dad are still together. It hurt me so much that the anger set in. Here's the anger. So I lash out at um, teachers. Absolutely, any authority figure. Yep, and I especially lash out at police officers. Oh my. I was like, I used all of the words, all of the and this and that, oh, I went in. And I was so defiant. And I remember back when this was legal, but it wasn't legal, a cop would have a Doberman Pinscher as uh, the, the police dogs. Right. And they would literally just let the dogs out and chase us. Mm. Oh, it's real. So I learned that now, I'm, now mind you now, they don't know that my dad is a cop that left us, right? right? But now I'm even more like, okay, you know what? I want to do something to you now. Because my, my dad, cop, left me, and now look at these cops having these dogs chase us for no good reason. Like, so w be careful what you wish for, okay, right. Gil? This is a true story, and it hurt me badly. Yes. And I would cry just for no reason at school. Just cry. Just in tears. And my teacher's like, you know, um, this child is disturbed. Well, in the 20th, 20th century sense of the word, I was. Yeah, you were hurt. I was hurt. You were betrayed. I was betrayed. You were abandoned. And I would, I hated school, but did well. I excelled in school, but hated it with a passion. Let's hit that pause button. Okay. See what's beautiful about this. Potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh by yeah. Potential by definition. Mm -hmm. The ability or the capacity to do something despite the obstacles. So our kids have potential, our kids are resilient. So despite you being abandoned, neglected, betrayed, hurt, you still did not lack potential. You still did not lack desire. Here's this hurt nine-year-old little boy who at the age of 13, if I heard you correctly, wanted to be a chef. I knew it. Going to the hospital, you, it wasn't even a question. I knew it. You knew what you wanted to do. And all you needed, just like every kid in America needs, Every kid in this world needs support, guidance, 
and just maybe every now and then a little high five, fist bump. Like that's big, by the way. That's huge. And so let me ask you this, because you know, and then I will give you this. As you can see, you know, I'm long with it. So please cut me off. No, okay? this, no bro, this is a conversation back and forth, and this is wonderful. Uh, but I got to say, you know, we have this Bigs and Blue program with, well, you know, p- police are our partners. So, brother, you are right, because I, you know, I know too many police chiefs. So I can't have you leaving here angry. So <laughs> no, you good with police you, right I'm now? With a gang now. Okay. Eleven years of therapy, and, and okay. ask me about that, okay? Because that's what got me here. That's all right. That's beautiful. Therapy helped me. And people and need black, help. Black men need to know, and women. There you go. That therapy is your way. So let me pause for a minute. Success. Let me, go let ahead. Me tell you something. No, no, I want to just build on the point. I don't okay. want to cut you off. No, no, no. Because please, because you know, I told you I'm long-winded. When I though. was in the last time I was in D.C., Taraji P. Henson. Oh my God. Her dad, Boris Henson, oh who had God. some mental challenges, uh, and it was a shout out to all those who work. Uh, and the stigma within the black community as it relates to mental health, like, oh, he's crazy, something's wrong with him. No, you just need help. We you're need a friend of mine, you know that, right? And support. So all I'm saying to you right now, uh, and absolutely, you're a friend of mine, brother. Uh, and so shout out to Taraji P. Henson. Shout yeah, out shout to out to, to Taraji Henson. P. Henson that was at my house in 2004 with <laughs> Hill Harper, Laz Alonzo in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. I'm cooking for all of them. Wow. Laz Alonzo was my friend for a long time. He brought he, he brought over Hill Harper and Taraji P Henson. Hill Harper wrote a book for Big Brothers Big Sisters. He was a Big Brother. You understand, as well. like this circle so you're right like now. Name dropping like all this the circle black right now. royalty, no, brother. When, when I when I bring you the pictures, I have the pictures at home right now. That's awesome. Of me, Hill Harper, Laz Alonzo, Taraji P Henson. That's all right. Two thousand and three. I go can ahead. show it to my daughter. She's like, oh, he knows cooking. No, it's Lyman. crazy. No, it's, it's crazy, dog. <laughs> go ahead. Go, 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 go. No, all I'm saying to you is, and that's the beauty of relationships and where I'm going in terms of potential. And so your dad leaves because your, your story is the framework for the show today. Okay. Uh, and we're going to do a series with you because we won't get it all in one. Show. I know it's going to be crazy. That's, right? No doubt about it. But here's the thing. This little boy who had hopes and dreams, potential, and you knew exactly where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. You deal with the reality of growing up, adolescence. You did well in school. I'm going to take pick up right where you left off. Doing well in school despite being labeled, being hurt, and literally being chased by dogs in, in the community. And people wonder why. And when some kids don't do well, it's like, well, there's something wrong with him. No, maybe he's just hungry. Maybe he just needs someone to say, are you okay? And get him or her the help they need. But you excelled academically. How Put that together for us. Because you had a, a little bit going on in your life, brother. You I had did. a reason I to did. be distracted. My, Here's the greatest part of this, and you nailed it by asking me these very direct questions, but yet with this global sense, you know, so, so we can relate to everyone. Of the five, there's five of us, we're all artists, all of my sisters and brothers. Mm. I am the only one that graduated high school. Now I'm a college dropout, but no one else graduated high school in my family. My brothers, the two uh, oldest, okay, uh, second to the oldest and the oldest, their IQs, there was some uh, white men came to our homes with, with briefcases. And um, my brothers, um, my brother Paul did a mural on our wall of a whale and a dolphin. It took him about a month. This is just him. I think he was like 15, I think. Hmm. My brother, Eric, used to build volcanoes and he would take apart a, a motorcycle engine, detail it, and put it back together and make it run beautifully. 
they did an IQ of the two of them. I didn't understand what this meant, but Eric had an IQ of 132. Mm. Paul, I forgot, I think it was 136. And now I think they say that's a little bit more than average, I believe they say. Yeah. My sister Sherry was the original Florence Joyner. Mm. The people from Pen Relays came to my house as well, came to my ghetto home, okay, asking my mom, can she do Pen Relays? My mother said no. Because remember, my mother died of that same uh, that, that same tragedy that I had. Yes. Even though no one died. So what's the expression? What's that phrase? Misery loves company. Right. She kept us all from succeeding because of her failure. So they, she said no. My sister Lynette, math genius. Everybody, everyone was stopped. I saw this and I was like, uh-uh. I gotta find a way out of this. I left home at 17 because I knew of my potential. Mm-hmm. Because Miss, Mrs., um, her name is Miss Moss. We called her Boss Moss. She's my algebra teacher. Now you bring it up, your mentor. Oh yeah. Come on. Uh-huh. Perfect segue. She said, you know, son, <laughs> you don't come to school, you're pretty angry, but you do well in this algebra class. Like, all the quizzes, all the pop quizzes, all the tests, you excel. She's, and you aren't cheating. She said, what's going on at home? I was like, no, everything's good. Everything's good at home, why, why are you asking me that? And she said, uh-huh. Boss Moss saw Boss right Ma- through you. She saw right, she knew it. And she would ask me at least once a month until school, until the, you know, school ended. She said, so what's going on really? Can you give me some information? It's just between you and I. And I was like, no, I don't know why you keep asking me this. Everything's fine. She's like, but why don't you come to school? See, my mother, my mother would punish us from school if we didn't say good morning to her fast enough. Or if she, we said some phrase or word that reminded her of our father that left. Mm. So seventh grade, I was retained because I missed 72 days. Eighth grade, I was retained as well because I missed almost 100 days of school. I didn't skip school and hang on the corner. You were held. I was held. Mm. This is a real story, okay? Oh, brother, I know. And people people don't understand that the bad things are easy to hear. If, if Boss Moss said, you're a failure, you're a rebel, you're a this, you're like, okay, great, I can keep being that. Yes. But when people tell you that you're something special, now you got to start working. You had to analyze that. You had to digest that and say, well, that doesn't fit my my reality at home, that you're, you had this make-believe story all so that everybody could see. My perfect dad who's in uniform, and it wasn't far. So. That's exactly it. You just said it. Just what you said, that's what I was trying to to give people, to give yeah. my, my classmates and my friends, that I had this perfect universe. And so keep in mind, this is the first time I've ever, you've ever shared this with me. For the benefit of our audience on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, any social media channel, wherever you're listening to this, whether you're driving in your car or you're just sitting at home uh, or in your office, wherever you are, potential is real. Chef Brian Hill, and it's not just some catchy, some clever phrase. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm literally here with Chef Brian Hill. He's name dropped like 20 people that I know and love, or would love to know and love. If you well, will. you started uh, when you said the names, I was like, oh. We're just connecting the dots, and keep in mind we've never had this conversation before. No, but but not. here's the thing. I'm just waiting, just seeing how in. Uh, through my history and working with juvenile delinquent boys, I used to run a school for boys who were arrested. Oh, then oh. they dropped, got kicked out of school. Then they sent them to me. So I'm just tracing all the stories of these little boys, all of them black and brown, who I've had a pleasure of working with. And it was total brilliance despite the obstacles. So I'm sitting here with you, Chef. You're telling your story, and I'm just replaying kids that. that I've seen that throughout the years I spent 12 years running the school 12 years and it was the these were the most intelligent young men I'd ever met in my life potential made possible and so I'm just waiting for that next shoe to drop because in this story and I I don't know your story but boss Moss either she either got somebody else or she did it herself but now let me just let me just tease and you give us the reality there was a breakthrough at some point you got out you moved on so let's go. Take three. I mean, listen, I don't know how you know, but you know, I do know how you know, okay? You probably two decades of, of knowledge. She said, you want to teach the class? There you go. Breakthrough. That is it. There it is. And she said, can you just show everyone how you came up with your sums and with your, you know, uh, the ending point here? I literally taught the entire class. It's just one time. And I went through it. I used the entire blackboard. As a matter of fact, she had two. So one, yeah, was when you first come into the door of the classroom, and then there was one that faces you as you sit in your seat. Right. So I used all of them. And I made certain to have lines so everyone could, you know, make certain that they didn't get things confused. And she just sat back and smiled the entire time. I thought she was laughing at me. No, she was enjoying the cooking. Yes. She was enjoying what you were cooking up because she, like my grandmother, she would I, would, I rarely saw her eat, but she enjoyed seeing other people eat. So she knew what was inside of you. And so this is, yeah, this is 20 plus years you hear talk coming back at you. I don't know if you've ever, ever met a brother like me. No, 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 I have not. Because here's the deal. I've seen it in person. The reason I love doing what I do at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, I want people to understand being a mentor, being that boss moss, being that <laughs> chef Brian to mentor a little boy or a little girl it's, it's like hidden figures, the brothers. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so now you're going left to right on the board like Taraji did in Hidden Figures. And she's sitting back saying, I knew it was there. It's time for you to shine. So go ahead, brother. It was beautiful. Mm. And after that, I literally start at the very last, uh, it was May. Because, you know, we get out in June. Mm. I know, look at you. Look at your face. Okay, it's coming. Here we go. I said, listen, um, the reason why I don't come to school is because my mother punishes us punishes us from school. There it is. And so she was silent, and I was like, uh-oh. She said, okay. She said, so what are you prepared to do? I didn't know what that meant. Of course you didn't. I was like, what are you talking about? How old were you at this point? Okay, so that's um, eighth grade. Oh, my goodness, you're like 12, 13 years yeah. old? Yeah. And what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? <laughs> and I said, I don't understand what you mean. She said, you want to get somewhere. How do you think you should do it? And I said, well, maybe I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. She said, yes, but make certain that when you show up, when you show up, okay, you show up early and leave late. Mm. 
She said, when you show up, show up early and leave late. I'm going to tell you right now, I use that in everything. <laughs> whether it was a job, whether I was raking leaves, I showed up early. And if they needed anything else, I didn't say, well, no, I got to go. I was like, what else you need? And this is that potential that you're, it's so beautiful when you say it and you, you're sitting across from me, I'm, I'm sitting across from you, what that really means. That's what got me to this seat right here with you mm -hmm. because I showed up early at Eddie Murphy's house and I left late. I had dates sometimes and Mary J. Blige would say, hey, um, chef, do you mind? Now mind you, I just made them dinner. Right. Uh, her her ex-husband at the time, Kendu, uh, would say, um, yeah, there's some six people coming over because they want to record a song because they had this little thing in the house just like, you know, the studio. Right. That they custom uh, um, fitted. And so Neil came over, six other people, and Neil was a complete gentleman, complete gentleman. Six other people, before he came over though, I went down the whole paycheck because we were in Mulholland Drive. I'm sorry, Whole Foods. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Whole so, paycheck. <laughs> so I went down the street. I said, give me two hours. She said, well, listen, they'll be over in about three. And I said, okay, I'll have everything ready in two, in two hours, in two and a half hours probably, and had everything ready. But going back, when Mary first said, I have six people coming over, well, seven people really, I was like, cool, no problem. She, and she was, she's asking, she wasn't like telling me. She would ask, can you stay? Do you mind doing this for us? I was like, absolutely. Because again, when you're at the plate and you're batting for yourself, that's individual achievement. No doubt about it. But when you're in the field, it's teamwork. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna show up early and leave late. Whenever they needed something else, because remember, I'm already there. So where am I going, home? That's it, on a date? No, my real purpose and what I really love is mm. cooking. Of course, I run my mouth too, of course. A lot. That's, why, that's why you gotta <laughs> cut me off. But I know in my heart, in the deepest of my soul, since I was 13, that I wanted to make certain I was in the yes business. Let me tell you something about hospitality and what you've done. And what you said, you've mentioned some marquee names in industry, but the common denominator and I'm gonna be as real as I can on this podcast, okay. is these brothers and sisters, black and brown brothers and sisters showed you the utmost respect. Sometimes celebrity can go to one's head, but what I've heard you say consistently, and it's not consistent throughout Hollywood and all of that, whether it's not consistent in life, it's not limited to Hollywood. Sure, of course. Not limited to Beverly Park, Mulholland Drive, in life and what our little brothers and little sisters need to see is humanity. Yeah. We are talking like we've known each other for years. <laughs> we are, but I love it. And the beauty, and that's the beauty of humanity. I introduce you to a little sister downstairs oh, who man. just happens to run our big cafe. Shout out to the Five Millers Family Foundation, yes, the Steinberg indeed. family who gave us this incredible platform down there, but she's gone through challenges and you'll be my guest in one of our upcoming events, Jazz at Joe's on the beach. But Chef, this little sister who wants to be a nurse is now handling things, so she's creative. 
And so now she's a, a little sister is now a full-time employee. That's potential made possible. So shout out to Queen Thomas, little sister Queen Thomas. Who's, yes, Queen. And so I'm going to have you come in and be a guest chef for us one day. Please. And for the staff, I'm surprised them unless they listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's so, do all that. And, and so we're going to just do something real special. Yeah, we're sign gonna, me up. And we're going to play Mary J. Blige Real Love. Come on. That's gonna be, it's going to be real. It's going to be uh, the Big Brothers Big Sister staff uh, luncheon with guest chef Brian Hill. We're going to play a little Mary J. And listen, we got to play at least a few from the breakthrough because just so you know, I started with MJB December 30th. 2004 and she was at that moment starting to record the breakthrough album are you serious i was there do you understand wow. like i could tell my kids this one day that's like, also and the song <laughs> um was it uh you had my love or something what, what was it and every time you would violate and cross the line i know i know what you're talking about so patiently <laughs> you were coming home to me well that's the joint where i first heard it and she said Chef, what do you think of that? I, was, I turned around, I was like, who's she talking to? She's giving you so advice, look at she, that. She's like, this, this is piped through the house. They had just finished recording it, they, they still hadn't mastered it yet, right? Right. And I'm hearing this song, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, she's like, what do you think? I said, it's fire. She's like, yep, and then, you're gonna love this one, another name drop, it was, it was the best thing ever, she says, I got some other people coming over. Now this is 8 p.m. It's Jimmy Iovine from Interscope Records, mm -hmm. the um, president, um, two other A&R people, and um, uh, gosh, Forrest Whitaker's wife. Wow. And Jimmy Iovine is literally telling stories at the table. It's now 11 p.m. about Everyone, whether it's Stevie Wonder, whether it's about you know Mary, I mean uh, Mariah Carey, um, I didn't know this until I'm listening that the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air is Benny Medina, hmm. because his dad, I'm sorry, his his mom uh, gave up and said, "Listen, sh he's too much for me," and sent him to Bel Air to his uncle. He was a dentist in Bel Air. <laughs> Wow. He went to Beverly Hills High, Benny Medina, and became the unofficial mayor of Beverly Hills. Incredible. All the kids that were like celeb kids that wanted to act, he got them parts. He became an agent, if you will, unofficial agent. Understood. In high school. Do you understand me? I didn't even know this until I heard this from, from Jimmy Iovine. So this is like, like, Everything that I'm doing, just sitting here across from you, I'm supposed to be either dead or in prison. Because when I was 13, one of my friends came to me back in the era of crack and said, hey, my boss wants you to be a lookout boy. I didn't know what a lookout boy was. Right. But he was like 400 a day. Brian, 400 a day, cash. And I was like, man, I could, I could take chicks out, man, I can get some new tennis shoes, man, to myself, you know. Right. But then I thought, I was like, I thought about Boss Moss saying, you're something special. Back to the mentor. Back to the mentor. And that potential, mm -hmm. that potential, as you say, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I like this, but that money sometimes gets in your way. Temptation But it's was not real. about the temptation was real. Yes. And so he just kept coming back to me. He's like, Brian, you ready, man? I was like, you know what, I got a job at McDonald's. 
I didn't have a job at McDonald's, but I knew the manager because she lived on my block. And I told her, I said, listen, can you please, if someone asks for me, say I work there part time. She said, Brian, what's going on? Now mind you, this is an adult. She's, I said, well, to be honest with you, you know, uh, this kid wants me to be a lookout boy. And she was like, no. She said, you ain't, you're not gonna be no drug dealer. She said, the sad part is, you would be the best drug dealer ever. She said, because you're the most competitive kid I've ever met. And I was like, what? She said, yeah. She said, hear, hear what I'm saying to you. She said, you, you are not gonna be a drug dealer. She said, yeah, I'll do whatever, whatever it takes, no problem. I knew then I had a second chance because all my friends were either murdered or in prison. They went to prison. That's what kept me out of that deep, dark abyss in that temptational hole. Chef, let me tell you something. This is the first in a series of podcasts with Chef Brian Hill. Things are heating up. <laughs> they sure are. Uh, and we just got started, so we've just seasoned it up today a little bit. Uh, but our listening audience is going to hear more from you, hear more about our partnership, see what I just did, more about our partnership yep. and how we will uh, work with uh, kids who are of that creativity, the art, the the uh, just like your, your brothers and sisters, your biological brothers and sisters, the creativity, the art, artistry, uh, the intelligence, the brilliance that will no longer be suppressed. We're no. going to talk about it. We're going to uh, oh, have you talk man. to some kids uh, here, some little brothers, little sisters, waiting list kids as well. This is the game of life where everybody makes a team, but how you play is up to you. We're thankful to have you in the studio today, brother. Man, I appreciate you times 10. We will take this to another level. And before we close out our first show, oh. uh, you are you get the official you understand big brothers big sisters so me. the next time you walk in this building i need you to have that on oh, you brother you are it. an official honorary oh. big brother uh oh. and that b not only stands for brian it stands for brilliance yes it's that i mean again uh there's nothing wrong with being intelligent and black no uh so that b is bold it's beautiful it is all about the blackness it is all about uh just the potential i uh, made possible for this things are heating up yes uh, and, and whatever you whatever you need from me i'm in it's all Believe good. me, the busiest people always have time. No doubt about okay. it. We do what we want to do. Yeah. And it's only fitting with uh, as we close out the show this uh, this day, uh, the game of life, season two. Things are heating up. Chef Brian Hill, brother, thanks oh. again for being here today. Because in life, ain't My no pleasure. mountain high enough. Let's go. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, Nelly. Hey, this is Gayo Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you.